Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. We have a special on-the-road episode of the podcast today after Michigan's 45-23 to 23 win on the football field over arch-rival Ohio State to punch a ticket to the Big Ten Championship. We'll be discussing all things about the game coming up right here on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here. Sunday morning, November 27th, I think it is. I Somewhere don't in the middle of Ohio. Yeah, I don't have my computer in front of me. We are all driving back uh, to the Ann Arbor area together uh, from Columbus. After the game yesterday, uh, Aaron is driving, so you know we thank him for, for taking on that, that role. Um, and yeah, we wanted, to, we wanted to deliver this podcast, have our conversation while it was as you know, fresh as possible yesterday's win um i don't know either you guys see that coming no <laughs> i think and i think i speak for a lot of folks when i say that i mean just the, even the way things started michigan goes down seven nothing and uh you know they're a little tack on a field goal but you got the feeling early on that the rushing game wasn't going to be there uh lake Corum was banged up didn't play much time Edwards couldn't get anything going so i, I think the, the stat sheet kind of bore itself out by halftime and michigan was trailing in total yards they were trailing in first down they were down by like eight minutes in time of possession. So I expected Ohio State to kind of open things up in the second half and, and blow the doors open. It just it went the completely opposite way. Yeah, I mean, in that first half, I thought, all right, it's, I mean, Ohio State's moving the ball. It's only a matter of time. They start capping these drives with touchdowns, and that never really happened in the second half. The fact that Michigan held Ohio State to three points in the second half is just incredible. Um, and especially after I thought when Jake Moody missed that field goal, that long 57-yarder, I'm like, all right, the, the stadium's back into it. The crowd's back into it. Um, Ohio State was marching inside the, the Michigan 10. And then Mike Sanders still possibly the play of the game with that pass breakup uh, in, in, on C.J. Stroud's pass intended for uh, uh the tight end over yeah Kate Stover yeah I mean that was just it was in his hands for a touchdown like it's a one it's a three or four point game and and the crowds are gonna be electric again Michigan's gonna have to go down and and put pressure back on and then all of a sudden they Ohio State settles for that field goal and Donovan Edwards hello man I mean he might have an injured hand but there's nothing wrong with those legs (laughs) my goodness he is a fast I mean he made that Ohio State Safety looked like I don't know, like they were playing Hawaii or something. He just blew past them. Um, just a complete surprise all around uh, for Michigan to win by that lopsided score. And have to give 
our our colleague Andrew Kahn a, a lot of credit because you know we are all were undefeated this year heading into heading into the game as far as uh, straight up picks for we all picked Michigan to win every game and um, Aaron and I both had I think Ohio State winning by double digits and Andrew went on the limb and picked the Michigan victory and. Sure enough, uh, went tapped off his 12-0 undefeated regular season as well. Yes, everyone's talking about Michigan's, uh, you know, victory and, and going to the Big Ten championship. But let's let's not forget about my the season I just put together here. Um, we'll try to we'll try to punctuate it here in the Big Ten championship and beyond. Ryan, you talk about that San Francisco play, and it's just it's the play that sticks out to me as well because I did go down to the field for the fourth quarter, allowed to do that Ohio at Ohio State, uh, took advantage of it, and I was right there for it. And again, I'm sure our you know our listeners have seen the play you know in high definition now multiple times. But like that ball was caught, it, it was a touchdown. Uh, like it, it was in his hands. He's in the end zone, and and, and San Francisco just never gave up and, and punched it out. Um, but even then, they get the field goal. You know, they're then kicking off to Michigan. It's a touchback in you know the end zone where the student section is, and it was just it was it was just electric in there. Like they, they knew this was this is the chance. We need to stop here. It's still a one score game even after the field goal it's still eight points and it's just in in one play i mean it was like a, a flip was switched to just shut off the noise in that place edwards scores and you know like you said he then does it again two runs that you know and i'm not sure even in two-hand touch would have marked him down uh he, he was just it, it was unbelievable uh th- those plays and um it, it's funny because you guys kind of both talked about the first half and how then at halftime you thought maybe things were going to go maybe south for Michigan and I could I felt that way too and then afterwards I'm like why did we think that this has been Michigan all year just an unbelievable second half team and they do it again yeah I mean I, I think we definitely need to hit on the the play calling by Michigan too because I mean, we, uh, we definitely think we've criticized it throughout the year being kind of boring and monotonous with the with their play calling and all of a sudden they they brought out all they emptied the playbook on Saturday and, and it worked I mean whether it was the Kalal Bowlings, a, a linebacker that moved a running back in the spring or split time in the spring and then hadn't received a carry all, all year. And then they, they put him in that running back and he hits that pop pass and for a, a big first down pickup. Um, I mean, just rolling out McCarthy Moore, the, the double move by Cornelius Johnson. I mean, I still don't think that Ohio State safety found his jockstrap. Um, just, uh, uh, yeah, the play calling was superb and, and the passing game, deep balls finally finally they finally connected on some in the biggest game of the year i i think the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit because they knew going into the game how banged up this team was and how they didn't have their options at the running game i mean you talked about Donovan Edwards; he didn't do much of anything in the first half michigan had to throw the ball uh and they like you said they got creative with some of the play calling um they recognized how ohio state was kind of creeping in and, and preparing for the run and they they made them pay uh, you know, they were they weren't the most productive, but they were efficient with what they got. And it kept them in the game and allowed them, to, like you said, flip the switch the second half and played more of the game like they wanted to. 28 to three uh, scored Ohio State during the final two quarters. Um, and yeah, they, they shut them down. Ohio State was they, they couldn't do much of anything. They moved the ball, but couldn't, couldn't score. And uh, it was it was the, it was the second half uh, that we have seen week after week with this Michigan team. Uh, so credit to the, the offensive coaching staff, credit to Jesse Mitter, the defensive coordinator. Um, the, the, the coach, I will, the execution was great, but the, the game plan and the scheme was even better. But I just, how, how do you explain like something like Cornelius Johnson? I mean, let's 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 five catches for 38 yards, 
the week before, one for 12 the week before, three for 18, one for seven, three for 43. I mean, these things, how far back do you have to go to cumulatively get to what he did yesterday? 160 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, it's just, this is what we've been kind of talking about all year. They, they need that, that elite receiver they haven't had. And Cornelius Johnson goes and does that. I mean, and then Mullings, like you said, just no carries at all. And he gets, you know, a couple of key he finds the ball in his hands at a couple of key spots. One didn't really work out. One, one does. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it just seemed like guys, guys truly did step up when they, when they, when they needed to. And you wonder if Jim Harbaugh and the staff saw this coming. I mean, remember early in the week, he talked up the superheroes thing and he felt like their other guys would be able to step up in, in, in case, you know, quorum others couldn't play. And they got exactly that. Uh, Cornelius Johnson's a guy we've, We've seen show flashes in the past. He's had some good games. He's had some not so great moments. Um, but when the when the when th- when the light was on and the spotlight was bit was 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 brightest, I mean, he came to play. You got to give him credit because um, Michigan didn't get a ton of productivity from many of the, the other receivers. Ronnie Bell had some good catches. They had the uh, Colston Lovell obviously came in with a big catch, but it was Cornelius Johnson's game. So credit to him. Uh, a highlight reel type game, and it's one that I think Michigan fans are going to forget for, for a very long time. I don't know about you guys, but for watching warm-ups and, and just watching Corum and Edwards, and it's like uh, Corum obviously was favoring that left knee a little bit, and, and Edwards was like catching balls with his, just his left hand to avoid any sort of thing without using his right hand at all. And if it was a pass was thrown too hard, like he just wouldn't bother trying to catch him. I'm like, all right. And then early on, he was on the field a lot, but they weren't giving him the ball. I'm like, all right, he's just out there to be a decoy. And all of a sudden, he touches the ball like 23 times after Michigan's third drive, and it's like, oh, all right. So they, they, he was in the game plan. They were, uh, they just needed to get him going a little bit. So that was kind of surprising to me how long it took for for Michigan to incorporate him. But once he started to do it, and once he started to open up that pass game, boy, boy, did they get, he get cooking. They, I mean, it's it's interesting. It was like outside of those two big pass plays to Johnson in the first half. The offense really was like it was like duct tape and paper clips trying to just keep it together without without their stars because yeah Edwards even when he got the ball he didn't want to put it in his bad hand so like there were times where he just didn't quite have the right angle to I, I honestly think he missed a couple first downs potentially because the ball was in the, the wrong hand uh, you know because of the injury so um, but but again those those big plays did happen. Uh, explosive plays as, as Ohio State called them um, and that's what you know kept Michigan in it and then in the second half it was just I mean even even more it was, it was a game of big plays uh, kind of on both sides but you know Michigan made way more especially in the in the fourth quarter to pull away and, and get this win so uh, yeah going back to the original question anyone see that coming I mean yes I had a Michigan win but I didn't think it would be by this much uh, and now Michigan is going to the Big Ten Championship for the second straight year will play Purdue. They haven't played since 2017, uh, which I think is kind of, I don't know, it's a cool thing. If it had been Iowa again uh, after, you know, last year and playing them again this year, I know this is at least something new, right? Yeah, the Iowa fatigue was real. I I didn't (laughs) want them to play them. And then Illinois was in the mix. They just played them and and obviously beat them. It was a competitive game. But yeah, it is something different. Um, You know, Purdue interesting team they're athletic team they'll do they do like to throw the ball and move the ball um you know it, it'll be uh, it'll be a somewhat of a test for michigan but again i i, I they're going to enter as big big favorites betting favorites they'll probably win uh, going away um uh, it, it's been you know it's been quite the last 24 hours i mean this is a team that 
I think most folks on the outside expected to struggle without Blake Corum, without the rushing attack, and they they completely surprised folks. They're back in the Big Ten Championship. They'll probably win that, and then, you know, then there's a playoff. So it's, I don't know, it's been a wild last two years under Jim Harbaugh. I mean, just uh, from being criticized and the failures, the inability to beat Ohio State, to completely flipping flipping this program uh, and getting them over the over the hump and, and beating Ohio State in back to back years, it's, it's been it's been incredible, really. Yeah, I mean Harbaugh's got this program in a position where they're they're not even in a must win position to make the playoff. I mean, I think at this point they're pretty much a guaranteed in just based off what has happened throughout college football this year. So um, I mean, it looks like you could potentially be a, a two seed, and and if if uh, favorites kind of win out moving forward you're probably going to be facing a, a beatable tcu team possibly in the in, in the in the semifinals so uh, maybe less of a daunting task than going up against georgia last year yeah that's that's a perfect setup there i think that's that's what we're looking at here if you know georgia kind of looking like they're going to be the one seed um especially if they go and take care of business uh in the sec championship um against lsu we'll hold on to that spot um, you know, Michigan, uh, I sure think come Tuesday will be, um, you know, number two, considering they, they were at number three and they just beat number two, um, you know, and then and then TCU followed by USC if they both take care of business in their conference championships against uh, Kansas State and Utah, respectively. Um, and yes, with the playoffs in Atlanta and Phoenix this year. Um, you know, Georgia as a top seed would would be you know playing playing close to home in Atlanta, which would push Michigan out west. Um, you know, against a TCU team that, that Ryan you you said beatable, and I certainly agree with that. But I, I almost feel like they're becoming a little under underrated at this point. Like there's like a lot of oh they you know they had some close games they should have lost, and now they're like oh are they really 11 0? Are they really 12 0? It's like I don't care who you are, like it's. It's no fluke to, to put on that record, but maybe you're saying they're more like a kind of a Cincinnati last year where the, the talent isn't quite there and they've kind of played above their heads a little bit. I, I don't know. We don't need to do a full TCU preview, but um, it certainly looks like it, who it could be for Michigan uh, in their playoff game. But it's Purdue first in the Big Ten Championship. Have you guys seen a point spread for that one yet? I have not, no. Uh, I'm driving, guys. Yes, no, no, <laughs> I, I got gotcha. you. Um, I, I, I looked it up just as we were talking here and I think I saw something like 15, 16 points, which makes, which makes sense. Um, you know, this is a game where you feel like Michigan can only lose if they overlook them. Uh, and I guess you could see how that could possibly happen. Cause like, like you just said, they're going to hear the talk that they might be in regardless in the playoff, but this is still for a big 10 championship. Like this, this means something. This is a trophy, a ring, a banner, whatever you want to say. It's not a meaningless game by, by any stretch, even with the, the, the playoff you know, picture the way it is. No, and championships matter to Jim Harbaugh and the, and the, and the staff. I mean, they remember they're 12 and 0. They've up to this point, they've accomplished all their goals. They beat Michigan state, which is something they did not do last year, yep. beat Ohio state on the road in Columbus this year. The next goal is to win the big 10 championship. So I, yep. I don't think you're going to be, you're going to come across the Michigan team that is overlooking Purdue. The injury situation is going to be in, intriguing to yeah. watch. I, you know, I, I have to think again, Blake Corm is going to try and give it a go. Um, and they'll probably try and give some of the other let some of the other guys play. But again, um, you know, it, it's interesting because assuming they get in the playoff, no matter what happens in Indianapolis, um, these guys are going to have basically a full month of rest, which goes a long way when you've got these nagging uh, situations. So yep. exactly, dude. So why would they try? Yeah. Why would they even allow Corum to try and play? Like you just beat 
Ohio State without him? Like, why would you for, like risk pushing back his recovery time? Um, like, you you need him to beat a team in their college football playoff. Probably, you don't need him to beat Purdue. Might as well give him an extra week to to rehab and and try and get close to to healthy before the the playoff and on New Year's Eve. So yeah, I mean, to me, I'd be shocked if if Corum even suits up. Um, I don't know if, 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 if the Big Ten Championship is considered a travel roster, if they're limited in that way. Um, I mean, yeah, it, with, with what we saw yesterday with, with Edwards, um, I, I don't think you, you force the issue there knowing that how well your defense played and how Edwards played and how the passing game took a step forward a little bit. I don't think you run the risk at all in, in trying to get Corum out there, and especially if he's not going to be close to healthy. Like, if he couldn't go – this week against Ohio State with everything on the line, why why would he be able to go with an extra week next week? I mean, it just it doesn't seem likely to me. I I am with, I I'm kind of with with Ryan, but I get what Aaron's saying. You don't want to be like, oh, we can beat Purdue with our you know second and third stringers. We don't need to. But given what you just saw, where you know it's probably like, hey, how do you feel? Are you thinking do hey, I'll try to give it a go, and it just didn't work out. I mean, what he gets the two carries on the first drive, and then that that was it. You know, you could see how it's like, all right, let's let's not let's just completely shut it down here and, you know, be ready for for the, you know, the, the, the playoff game. But um, we'll, we'll see. He was, you know, seeing him on the sideline like he was smiling. He was in good spirits. And when Mike Hart was gathering the running backs, Blake Corum was right there behind him. Um, you know, there he, he was still he didn't look like a guy that was like, oh, you know, geez, you know, woe is me or my season is over by, by any stretch. I think it's just something where. It was clear he wasn't as you know productive as he as he normally is. He, he wasn't as effective, um, you know, because of because of his injury. So, um, yeah. You you mentioned not overlooking Purdue though, but like I mean, can't you argue that Michigan kind of did that with Illinois with how many guys sat out against there Illinois? Um, so it's like I mean, it, I think yeah, there it's it's there's strategy involved there. Yes. Like you want to. Yeah, you don't want to overlook a team, but you want to you have to look towards the future because you have a future. Like the playoff is is what really matters. I mean, uh, I, I think if you would ask the players, would you rather play the even make it to the national championship or win the Big Ten title? I mean, I don't know. I think just the the, the ability to play for a national championship would be yeah. pretty special for the program, considering how long it's been before, since they've done that. So we'll see what happens. There, there's still we'll talk to Harbaugh on Sunday afternoon and. Maybe we'll get some some updates, but I mean he's been pretty, playing things pretty close to the best here yeah. late in the season, so no no promises on that front. We're not going to get a single update from him today. Um, I need to say I do expect any guy anybody on the fence just like this week. I think they're going to try and give it a go, whether they're effective or not. Again, it's a different story, so we will uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, I see what you both are saying. It's impossible to know if you know. Michigan had played Ohio State the week they played Illinois, how many of those guys that didn't play would have played? I mean, we just don't know, and they'll never say. So, uh, but yes, I, I see your implication of maybe the opponent did factor into who, who sat and who didn't, and um, you know, Michigan would be, it wouldn't be special in that regard. Every team looks at things that way, as they should. Um, and yeah, we'll see how it, how it plays into the game against Purdue, which is you know, this coming Saturday, if you're, I'm sure Michigan fans remember from last year, it's, you know, eight o'clock kickoff, something like that um, uh, in Indianapolis at the at the Colts Stadium, Lucas Oil Stadium. So Michigan, plenty of familiarity with that building. And uh, yeah, we'll try to do to, uh, you know, Purdue what they did to, um, you know, Iowa last year and, and, and win a second straight 
Big Ten Championship. But uh, that concludes this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Uh, stay tuned for plenty of coverage on MLive.com slash Wolverines. And thanks for listening.